Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studios, it's time for Business Leaders Radio. Now, here's your host, John Ray. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Business Leaders Radio. I'm John Ray, your host, and uh, I'm excited about today's show because it's it's um, uh, a chance to talk about a specific topic that has gotten a lot of attention lately, and it's on the Clubhouse app, and specifically how it relates to uh, prof- lawyers and other professional services providers that are uh, uh, seeing this out there and uh, maybe feeling the tug and wondering whether they ought to participate. And uh, joining us today is Brian Inkster, and he is the founder and CEO of Inkster's Solicitors. Brian, welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's good to be here. It's a great pleasure. And you are uh, joining us from Glasgow, 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 Scotland. I'll get it out in a minute. And um, uh, I guess we we connected over a specific uh, blog post you wrote, which uh, was pretty extensive and on, on Clubhouse. But uh, before we get into that, I would love it if you would uh, uh, give everyone an overview of your practice at Inkster Solicitors and and how you ser- how you're serving the market there. Thanks. Yeah, um, Inkster Solicitors I set up nearly 22 years ago now, uh, and it's a, a business that I've grown over the years. And seven years ago, we could sort of pivoted to be a, 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 a an umbrella company where we have self employed consultants who work under the Inkster's brand. And we have people throughout Scotland. We've got 10 bases at the moment uh, in the rural parts of Scotland as well as in the cities. Um, so we cover a huge geographic area and we cover a wide range of legal uh, disciplines. So we have you know, solicitors basically serving any sort of legal needs that people would have throughout Scotland. And we're headquartered in Glasgow. So our back office support team are in Glasgow supporting uh, lawyers throughout Scotland, um, uh, dealing with various, various legal matters that we were talking about that model, uh, before we came on and, uh, that's got to be attractive to a lot of uh, lawyers and I would think uh, other professional service services providers as well, getting the back office out of their hair and being able to concentrate on, on, on the practice of law. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's for people who might have thought about setting up their own business, but don't really want all the hassles and the red tape associated with running uh, a legal practice and are really more interested in dealing with the day-to-day legal work. And they can just concentrate on that, but still be running their own effective business within our business. uh, And we take care of all the the back office support needs, uh, marketing and uh, the red tape associated with regulation and everything else. Uh, And they can just concentrate on doing the law, uh, but still have a huge degree of autonomy in doing that because they're effectively running their own business uh, and we're taking care of the rest of it for them. Uh, great work there, for sure. Now, uh, you have a blog called The Time Blog, that's B-L-A-W-G, and folks will will put the link to this in the show notes. And, and the specific post that... Uh, we connected over was uh, a post you wrote on clubhouse and it's called clubhouse is not for lawyers 12 reasons what prompted you to write this 
Uh, I was hearing a lot just in the past few weeks, uh, really in from early January onwards, Clubhouse seemed to be a thing everybody was speaking about, and you were seeing it on other social media channels. I principally inhabit Twitter and LinkedIn, and I was seeing lawyers uh, increasingly speaking about Clubhouse and the need to be on Clubhouse and how wonderful it was. And uh, I thought I would do a little bit of research about it and see what I thought myself. And, uh, you know, my initial impressions was it wasn't for me. Uh, and I didn't think it would necessarily be for a lot of lawyers. Uh, and so I started writing a blog post about it. Uh, the blog post ended up becoming a lot longer as I ever expected, because the more I delved into it and the more I researched and looked at what other people had been writing, the more there seemed to be to say on the topic. Uh, and it ended up being quite a long piece. Um, and even on the back of that, there's been a lot of um, comments generated uh you know, which makes it, you know, a much bigger piece if all those comments are added in, especially on LinkedIn, where I think we're up to about 70 odd comments um, uh, on the topic uh, alone. Uh, and again, even since I wrote the blog post, which is only a week or two ago, um, there's been a lot more pieces written and more information that, you know, expands and broadens the whole topic. Yeah, you've got them all stirred up here, Brian. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, maybe for those that that uh, probably a lot of attorneys that don't know what Clubhouse is, let's just stop for a moment and maybe you can describe the app and what it is. Okay. Firstly, I probably need to sort of put a caveat in there at the beginning that, you know, I have not actually personally been on Clubhouse. So my knowledge of Clubhouse is third hand and based on what I've read and what I, you know, have seen others writing about the actual experience on of being on the app itself. Clearly, my blog post was on the basis that there were 12 reasons for not being there uh, and, you know, having taken that view I've not joined it, and I can give some of the reasons why. Um, you know, principally, it is uh, you have to have an iPhone to be on it. I'm an Android user, so I'm immediately excluded unless I go out and buy a, a, an iPhone. So that would be one of the main reasons why I wouldn't immediately be able to be on that platform. Um, but you asked, I suppose, you know, what is Clubhouse? So uh, it's a new social media app. It is one which uses audio. Um, rather as text. And I suppose, you know, most social media platforms that we are using on a day-to-day -day basis and have been for years uh, are really text-based. Um, so suddenly this is a, an audio one uh, and it allows you, if you are a member of Clubhouse, to uh, visit a room or organise your own room where uh, you would be having a discussion about a particular topic. So, uh, you could set up a room uh, and invite people in, have other people on the stage to to discuss it. So you might organise a room uh, and bring in, you know, three or four or more people that you particularly know who can speak about that topic. So you create, in effect, a little event. Uh, I suppose it's almost like going to a conference or whatever, where you would have a panel on stage discussing a particular topic. And as a member of Clubhouse, you can enter that room and listen to what is being discussed. And if you want to participate and ask a question, you can 
effectively hold your hand up and say, you know, I would like to speak about this too. And um, if you're invited by the host of the room onto the stage, you effectively step up onto the stage and um, can ask your question and be part of the discussion. And when you're finished, you can elect to go back down into the audience. Um, And so really it is just, I suppose, like having a, a conversation with someone on another social media platform, like where, where several people might get together and have a debate on Twitter, but um, it's doing it using your voice rather than typing it in. But it is as a result of that very off the moment, you have to be there at the moment when it's happening. Um, and, uh, you know, you have to be prepared to either organize those rooms or go in and listen to them. Uh, And I suppose you don't know until you enter the room what you're going to hear, whether it's going to be of interest to you or not, um, and and so on. Um, One of the, I suppose, things that's been said about it is that people are looking for audio because they've been videoed out during COVID-19. We've all been used over the past uh, year almost to... uh, not meeting people face-to-face because of COVID-19 and uh, historically events that would have taken place like conferences and so on are no longer happening. But a lot of those things were still happening online because people were organising them through Zoom uh, and and similar type uh, products. But those were all being done on a video basis, although you can always switch your video off. Um, But suddenly Clubhouse is saying we're all just audio. And a lot of people are saying, you know, that's good because we're being fed up of having to do things by video. But also you can look at that and say, well, why can you just carry on doing these things on Zoom? And if you don't want to be seen on the video, you can just switch the video off. Sure, sure. Um, And again, just to underline the point, I mean, you're not coming at this as a social media Luddite, if you will. I mean, you're active, very active on LinkedIn, very active on Twitter. So the decision point for you is, should I go onto this platform uh, and extend my social re- media reach? I mean, that's so you're writing from that perspective. So let's let's get that out there. Um, I think point number one, uh, beyond just the iPhone, iPad issue, uh, the, the the app being confined to those to those devices, is you talk about the violation of privacy um, issues. Uh, dive deeper into that, please. Yeah. Okay. So one of the main things uh, with Clubhouse that I can see is their um, need, uh, if we can put it like that, uh, or wish to have access to your contacts as soon as you try to join up with Clubhouse. So, when, when you join Clubhouse, this is my understanding. Again, remember, I've not actually gone through the process myself. But my understanding is that when you download that to your phone, one of the things that will encourage you to do is to share your contacts with Clubhouse. And that's effectively to uh, allow them access to your address book on your phone, which will be each and every contact you have on your uh, mobile phone. And um, in particular, um, in order to be 
actually invited onto Clubhouse. So you can download the app, but downloading the app itself won't give you access to Clubhouse. You only can access Clubhouse when you receive an invite. And you can only receive an invite from someone else who is a member of Clubhouse. So um, you have to wait effectively until someone you know offers you an invite and sends the invite to you, effectively sends it to your mobile phone, which then activates and allows you to be a member of Clubhouse. Now, people who have got onto Clubhouse have the ability to obtain invites and invite other people on. And, you know, that all makes it sound quite exclusive and gives it an air of people, you know, wanting that special invite. I think in my blog post, I refer to it being like the the golden ticket from uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> it's something that everybody's seeking. Sure. So they're all wanting to get one of those special tickets in order to get into the, the chocolate factory. Um, but here's the thing. Um, you are limited, apparently, to the number of um, invites you get if you don't immediately share your uh, contact list when you when you, when you're invited onto Clubhouse. Um, so if you don't, once you get an invite, if you don't share all your contacts, you'll get less invites than you would have done otherwise. But as far as I can understand, and this is something that's become more apparent to me since I wrote the blog post through reading other things, that um, once you receive an, if you're on Clubhouse and you receive an invite that you can then give out to another person, in order to give that invite out, you need their mobile number. So they either have to be already on your contact list or you have to ask them for their mobile number. And you'll see this on Twitter. You'll see people saying, I've got an invite to give out. And they'll say, DM me your mobile phone number. Mm. So there are people on Twitter who may not know one another very well. They may just be you know, loose connections on Twitter. But they're saying, I can give you an invite to Clubhouse. They're saying, DM me uh, your mobile phone number. So that's what they're doing. But then the person that receives that DM with the mobile phone number has to add that number into their contact lists and then effectively share their contact list, including that number, but that's shared their whole contact list with Clubhouse in order to then effectively tick on the mobile number that they're wanting to give the invite to and then send the invite to that specific person. But as far as I can see, and I may be wrong, and I'm quite happy for somebody to come along and tell me I am wrong, um, as far as I can see, when you actually give out the invite, the only way to really do it is to share all your contacts. And immediately at that point, um, anyone and everyone will be able to see who you are connected to on Clubhouse, uh, who you're... um, you know, who's on Clubhouse that you are connected to on your phone. And as far as I understand, it'll show on your phone all your contacts and whether they are already on Clubhouse or not and how many contacts they have who are on Clubhouse. So all that information is being shared. 
And the question there is, you know, should you be allowing that to happen? You don't have to allow it to happen, but as far as I understand it, you wouldn't allow that to happen. Uh, if you don't allow that to happen, you will never have the ability to share invites with anybody. And that might limit the reach and, you know, your contacts within Clubhouse and who you're connected to. Um, so, you know, that's quite, from a Clubhouse point of view, they are presumably doing that to, A, make the app appear more exclusive and get people more excited about getting invites, but in order to start receiving and sharing, more importantly, the invites, you have to be given out and sharing your contact list with Clubhouse. And my understanding is that once you've shared that contact list with Clubhouse, you will start getting notifications from them, encouraging you to invite certain people who are on your contact lists to Clubhouse. Hmm. So Clubhouse is saying, why don't you, you know, invite so-and-so to join Clubhouse? And they're actively doing that. Um, also, if someone on your contact list um, joins Clubhouse, you'll get a notification telling you that that person has just joined Clubhouse and saying, because you're already on Clubhouse, why don't you invite them in? And uh, I think they use the word walk them through. So it's sort of like, you know, <laughs> effectively create a little room for that person and bring them in. Now, that might be somebody that's that you've not spoken to for 10 years. It might be somebody that happens to be in your address book that you've not had any recent connection with. It may be somebody you don't want to have any recent connection with. It may be an, an ex-partner. It, it could be, you know, someone you fell out with in the past. Clubhouse doesn't know what your relationship with that person is, but suddenly Clubhouse is trying to connect you together with them. Mm. Folks, we're here chatting with uh, Brian Inkster. He's the uh, founder and CEO of Inkster's Solicitors. Uh, Brian, I guess what I'm hearing here is that if, if uh, let's just take the hypothetical that uh, I'm, let's say I'm in your contacts in your phone. I'm a client of yours. That's our relationship you join clubhouse, then you've shared potentially confidential client information of, from, from me. Is that what I'm hearing here? Not just because you've joined clubhouse, but if you choose to share, you don't have to choose to share your contact list. Mm. So you can say, no, I'm not sharing that list. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think very few people are actually opting to do that because if you get an, given invites to give out to people, the only way that I understand you can give them out is by sharing your contact list. So you can then select somebody on your phone to give an invite to. Now, I'm seeing all the time on Twitter people saying, you know, I've got an invite to give out or somebody looking for an invite and somebody else saying, I'll give you an invite. I'm seeing solicitors doing that. I'm seeing legal marketeers doing that. Um, there seems to be a free exchange going on of invites. Um, that can only be happening if you are then sharing your your um, contact list. But you could choose not to. So you could be on Clubhouse and choose not to share your contact list. But I believe that on the whole, most people that are on Clubhouse are sharing the, that lists. Uh, 
as a matter of course and without giving it too much deep consideration as to what's happening at the point when they actually share it. And as we were chatting before we came on the air, uh, there's there's a legal issue here uh, based on laws that are in continental Europe, and right, and then there are there's kind of a moral ethical issue mm-hmm. just beyond that. Why don't Why don't you address each of those? I mean, I think there would be. I, I mean, I can't comment on the laws of uh, North America, uh, the United States or or Canada or, or other countries in the world, for that matter. But uh, my understanding is that maybe privacy laws are a little bit stricter in Europe than they are in North America. Whether that's the case or not, I do not know. But, you know, certainly we've got the GDPR and other uh, other, you know, laws that regulate the the you know how you can share and give out information that relate to other people sure. and i would have thought that immediately sharing your address book and all that contact details with clubhouse would probably be immediately a breach of european gdpr you know rules um who's then responsible for that you know is if you've breached a law uh, is it Clubhouse that's breached that law, or have you done it as an individual? Interestingly, I mean, obviously, Clubhouse has encouraged you to do that, and maybe made you do it almost inadvertently. Because I think a lot of people will will click on the button uh, that that results in sharing their address book without really fully realizing that they've just done that, you know. Um, but there's actually and there's an indemnity clause in the terms and conditions where. Um, Clubhouse says that you indemnify Clubhouse against anything you might do. And if you read that full clause, the import of that would effectively be, arguably, that if Clubhouse have breached a privacy law, um, effectively you're indemnifying them. So you as a user are taking on the responsibility for that privacy breach, even though it was maybe one that was encouraged by um, clubhouse and one where clubhouse has all that information rather as you having it. Otherwise, was you already had it, but you've you've given it to clubhouse and effectively by giving it to clubhouse, other people within clubhouse are seeing some of that information. So, th- I mean, this is like a Casa, the movie Casablanca. You know, I'm shocked to see there's gambling going on in in you know he, he, uh, here. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm. I'm shocked that there's something in terms of conditions that, that is weighted against the user. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, 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 and obviously you would think that most folks that get on don't really read the terms and conditions. Uh, if they're not going to spend the time doing that, they just click and you know, that, that there's the rush to actually get on the app and start using the app, you know, Who's going to sit and read the terms and conditions? Uh, even if you're a lawyer, you're probably not going to sit and do that, you know? Sure, sure. And But then beyond just the legal aspect, there's, there's the uh, – and I mentioned the example of, you know, if I'm a client of yours and you go on to Clubhouse and end up sharing my, my, my data, it, whether that's a legal issue or not in your own jurisdiction, there's an ethical question about that. Definitely, yeah. I mean – Again, your client wouldn't be expecting you to do that. So, uh, and, you know, so why would you and why should you? 
And if the client found out that you had done that, they might not be too happy. And, and again, people can see who your connections are. And so, you know, they can see that you are connected to that particular client and through client confidential, confidentiality, et cetera, why would you be, uh, you know, giving out that sort of information? You shouldn't be, you know? Yeah. So you mentioned that Clubhouse uh, is not a good look for lawyers. Uh, I would imagine sharing <laughs> sharing uh, others' data is what you mean by that, that it's not uh, that lawyers ought to know better? Yeah, exactly. They should. Uh, and, you know, in my interactions with people post my blog post, it's an area that the lawyers or people in the legal world, not all just lawyers, but people who work for law firms or are legal marketeers or whatever, seem to be sidestepping when they're entering into arguments with me on LinkedIn or Twitter about my blog post. It's not about the privacy aspects. It's about the other aspects that I've raised. Uh, uh, and they seem to be completely sidestepping because they don't want to go there. They don't want to go get into the privacy things. And I think that's because they know uh, in, in their own hearts that maybe they've gone a bit too far when they've, they've, they've entered Clubhouse and they've um, shared their contacts they don't necessarily want to get into an argument about that. So they, they use all the other points to argue about and completely sidestep the whole privacy aspects. And the, when you start talking about the ethical aspects of it, then that really gets into professional services providers generally that operate under one of their uh, for for most of them, confident client confidentiality is always an issue uh, based on the engagements they're working on. So it, it really is wider than just attorneys and lawyers. Oh, definitely. I mean, I mean that would should really affect uh, and impact upon upon anybody and everybody, uh, and even just somebody that's not a professional person. Just the fact that they may not be aware of when they join Clubhouse and they decide to share their contacts, the, the permutations that could occur from that and the fact that they could end up, you know, in a situation with someone, uh, you know, historically that they they wanted to keep away from suddenly appearing on the radar again. Uh, I think there was an example given of someone who, didn't have this particular person on their address book. They joined Clubhouse, but because someone who was from the historic past, but somebody they certainly didn't want to meet up with again in any shape, form or fashion, had joined Clubhouse and shared their telephone address book with Clubhouse, it connected the two of them together. Um, because this person was immediately saying, I'm a contact with this person on, you know, but you didn't need to have the mobile phone number in each uh, address book. As long as it was in one address book, it was immediately tying the two people up, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so suddenly that person was able to connect with them on Clubhouse and say, you know, what a connection, uh, you know, 
And that person said, well, I didn't want to be connected with them. I didn't want them to know I was on Clubhouse. Okay, they maybe could have found them in other ways. They maybe could have found the fact just through a list and a name that that person was on Clubhouse. But it was the fact that Clubhouse was actually notifying that person effectively of the fact that someone that they knew that was in their phone book was on Clubhouse. Uh, and so for a lot of people, that's, you know, an invasion of their privacy that they would not want to be happening. And it's happening in in in, in, in ways that, that are annoying a lot of people, you know. Not everybody's maybe experiencing that annoyance, but it is happening. And you're seeing, you know, if you look through tweets and comments about Clubhouse, you're seeing people getting, you know, annoyed by that very fact. And I'm sure it's probably something that'll end up getting tightened up. I think you know, Clubhouse will start to realise that there's a bit of a backlash over this and they maybe need to close some of this down and tighten up the privacy elements involved. Um, uh, it's probably a bit of a, a wild west for them at the moment. But, um, you know, by then probably, you know, the horse is, horse is bolted as far as a lot of people are concerned. They've already given that information away, even if they start shutting it down a bit. Um, Clubhouse has already got a lot of that information. And, you know, it's, 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 this is how these companies make their money. It's out of the data that they have and what they ultimately can do with that data, you know? Sure. Um, uh, folks, let's reset here. Uh, we're speaking with Brian Inkster, and he's the founder and CEO of Inkster's Solicitors. And uh, we're, we're speaking specifically about uh, a post he wrote uh, called the uh, clubhouse is not for lawyers, 12 reasons. And, um, it's quite extensive and it's worth pointing out here, something you said, but I'll underline it that, uh, you did a lot of research, even though you're not on clubhouse for reasons that you've explained, uh, um, you did a lot of research in with folks that are and have been and tried the app and, and, and you quote them in this post. So this is not just your, uh, single-minded rant about, about a particular subject. Uh, you, you've done a lot of research here. Yeah. I mean, my views are shared by many, but also not shared by many. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's going to be two sides to this debate. You're hearing my side of it, but you know, there are people out there that would be big fans of Clubhouse and say that it's a wonderful thing and we should all be there, you know? Sure. Um, so we talked about legal, we talked about ethical aspects of this. There's a business aspect to this, which is, um, as you noted, there's this, uh, uh, the kind of new shiny object that's out there. And there's, uh, the, the folks at Clubhouse are, I think, are kind of playing on the fear of missing out that a lot of professional services providers may have, you know, I've got to be there on this platform. And and that's one thing you talk about is that uh, you mentioned that lawyers, and I'll just extend it to other professional services providers, have enough social media platforms to keep them more than socially occupied. Uh, mm -hmm. Dive into that. Yeah. I mean, I think the more, uh, you spread yourself onto different platforms, the less effective you're going to be on any one because you're spreading yourself very widely. Uh, and, you know, I think if you are looking at using social media platforms to make connections where you can get referrals or whatever, uh, or, or just, you know, heighten uh, your visibility, the more places you try to be at one time, 
the more difficult it is going to be to do that. And, you know, I have chosen historically to concentrate on two platforms, which is Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, and they kind of serve slightly different purposes. Uh, although I think a lot of these social media platforms seem to be morphing into one almost where, you know, they're, they're adding the same features on each. Uh, and, you know, in fact, Twitter is planning to introduce a clubhouse feature where there's going to be audio on Twitter. Uh, you know, LinkedIn might do that at some point. I heard that Facebook are already looking at doing that. Um, one of these plat- bigger platforms may end up buying Clubhouse so they don't need to develop it themselves, you know. Mm. Um, uh, I imagine Clubhouse would be very attractive to Facebook, uh, especially uh, on the, the the data and privacy issues that they've breached already. Uh, Facebook might want to, to, to maximise and monopolise that. So, <laughs> um, you know, that could all happen. Uh, and in fact, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg was on uh, Clubhouse in a Clubhouse room a few days ago. And the rumor is that on the back of him being on Clubhouse, he said he wants uh, Facebook to develop a, a, a similar um, ability on Facebook. So I think we're going to see, you know, uh, audio chat coming to all the other platforms mm-hmm. uh, and then how important will clubhouse be in that whole mix um you know we will see um but maybe have i diverted from your question i'm maybe gone off in a tangent there um no i think no you you hit it and and but let's extend it a little further because one of the points that you make is that lawyers should use asynchronous uh, rather than synchronous social media platforms. So yeah. uh, t- t- talk about what you mean by that. Um, obviously, if you're using something that's synchronous, you, it's very much off the moment. You have to be there at the time that it is happening. So uh, if you are going to spend your time on Clubhouse, you're going to have to be in the rooms at times, you know, on topics that are of interest to you when those things are happening. You can't catch up on them later. Um, like this, you know, effectively uh, at the moment you're recording me, that's going to be broadcast at a later date. But people, I assume, are going to be able to listen that to that as and when they wish. Exactly. It's not, it's not a one-off broadcast. Mm-hmm. We're not doing this live where if people aren't listening to us now, they're going to miss it and they're never going to hear it again. People will be able to tap into this broadcast as and when it suits them. Mm-hmm. Um Clubhouse, you can't do that with. Um, You can't record in a room unless you have the consent of all the participants. So it needs to be everybody who's speaking needs to give their consent to it being recorded. Now, that's probably unlikely to actually happen in any Clubhouse room because, you know, you're going to need to organize that, make sure you've got everybody's consent. If there's a lot of people speaking, you know, are you going to really be able to organize that? So Clubhouse is very off the moment. And if you're not in that moment, it's lost. You know, you're, you're never going to hear it again. Uh, but maybe that's an attraction to some because they're thinking, you know, we need to be there to hear it. But there's so many rooms. You can't be in all the rooms at one time. So you you still have to be selective sure. and select what you want to listen to and hope that it's going to be worth your while spending half an hour or an hour. Or I saw uh, on Twitter that there were an event going on for 15 hours solid the other day. You know, how could somebody spend 15 hours in an audio room? It's beyond me, but presumably they were dipping in and dipping out. But 
all other social media platforms that we're familiar with are asynchronous and they're not happening immediately and that I can send out a tweet, that tweet hangs there and sits there for people to look at. Some people might see it almost immediately in their stream, but somebody might see it an hour or two later or even the following day, but they can still comment on it and interact with it. And the conversation can continue and can can widen and other people can join in, but they have, they're able to do that in their own time. They're able to, of an evening, um, sit and scroll through Twitter and see what takes their fancy and jump in if it does. It's not like having to go to a room at a particular time at 3pm in the afternoon and sit there and be there off the moment. Uh, and to my mind, something that's asynchronous has so many more advantages to it because, you know, you can build a conversation, say, on Twitter that may then make you think about something and make you write a blog post about it where you bring in the tweets that were in there and then that blog post is there to be seen by everybody. Uh, and then you maybe put that blog post up on LinkedIn and people join in and have a conversation about it on LinkedIn and your conversation and your blog post ends up being seen by a huge number of people over several weeks. And maybe in, in, from, in years to come, people will still be looking at that blog post. Sure. None of that can happen with a half-hour chat on uh, Clubhouse that's lost as soon as it takes is finished and is only relevant to the few people who happen to be in the room at the time. So... You know, to my mind, if you're generating content, that content is going to be more valuable to you if it's something that can be seen or heard by people at any time um, and not just off the moment. A uh, great example is your blog post that's on your site <laughs> that you control, right? I mean, that that's, that's a, a great example. One of the things that you talk about and it's the last reason, but I think it's a really important one, even though it's, it's, uh, not last. And I don't think you meant it to be no. necessarily uh, the final imp in importance, uh, at all. Um, but it's important people get to that is, uh, that e exclusionary, uh, domineering kind of conduct, uh, abusive extremist, uh, uh, content is rampant on this platform. Mm -hmm. Say more about uh, that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, last is not always least. So, you know, it's sure. not at the end because it's less important. But, um, you know, clearly, I think any platform suffers to, to this to an extent. We all know that on Twitter, there is there's extreme views expressed on Twitter. There's people that get trolled. There's, there's you know lots of issues that happen there. But I think a lot of these established platforms like Twitter and Facebook um, have more moderation going on where they're actually, you know, they will flag tweets, they will take people down and, 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 and stop people. My understanding, but again, this is just from reading articles elsewhere about Clubhouse, my understanding is that moderation is very poor uh, on Clubhouse at the moment. And I think that is because they've only got a small number of employees in Clubhouse and it's expanding very rapidly and there's only so much they can do. And can you really have somebody sitting, listening in to every word that's said in every room? 
you know, that's going to be an impossibility, isn't it? Sure. So as an owner of a platform like that, your ability to actually flag or shut things down, and again, especially when it's synchronous and it's all happening at the one time, is going to be very limited. Um, so you might find yourself in a room which is not a room you would like to be in when you hear the things that are being said and the way people are conducting themselves and speaking. But then you as an individual can leave that room. There's nothing saying that you need to be there. Um, so you can you can leave. Um, but, you know, that's going on on that platform. And my understanding is the ability to actually moderate it and stop it from happening is very limited at the moment. Uh, and as I say, I think with that type of uh, platform, it's going to be a very difficult thing for people to act actively and, and uh, moderate in any real way. So let's let's sum this up for professional services providers, certainly for uh, lawyers, but professional services providers generally. I mean, what 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 what's the takeaway? I mean, they're everyone's interested in building their practice and doing using social media to do it. Uh, you've chosen LinkedIn and Twitter, uh, and and have done that successfully over a long period of time. You know, what's 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 the takeaway for you? Um, I mean, I'm not saying that people shouldn't try Clubhouse. I mean, if, if you want to try a different medium and you think this is the, the flavor of the moment, you know, don't let me stop you. All I'm going to do is give some warning signs. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to go and uh, if you're an Android user and you don't have an iPhone, and you want to go and buy one, especially to go on to, to Clubhouse, off you go. Um, I would suggest that you... Uh, almost have a burner phone with no contacts on it <laughs> so that, yeah, so that you, 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 you can't give away any contacts um, and, uh, and, and, and go and try it. You know, it is a different medium. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it uh, or it's something that you shouldn't be doing. I just feel that it's a bit hyped at the moment and that uh, whether it'll last remains to be seen. Uh, we've not really touched on this, I don't think, but you know, I also think it's very much an app of the time, which is the COVID nineteen time, mm-hmm. where people are, um, you know, in their own homes, seeing, you know, they may be living on their own and seeing no one. Uh, they maybe have a cat or a dog, or they maybe have a partner. They maybe have children, but that's the only people they're seeing day in day out. Um, it's not like the way we used to live where we would be going into offices and we'd be seeing lots of different people. We'd be meeting people. We'd be going out to the pub in the evening or whatever. We'd be going to events where we'd be seeing people live on a stage and we'd be able to ask them questions. We're missing all of that. And maybe Clubhouse, because of its audio nature, is replacing some of that. Uh, although we have through Zoom and so on been able to experience events and so on, but I maybe said earlier that people have maybe f- f- felt a bit that they've been kind of zoomed out and and they're tired of the whole video situation and just having some audio is fine. So maybe this is something that you know when we get past COVID nineteen, when we've all been vaccinated, when we're starting to get back to the old normality we once had. Will we be so keen to spend our time in audio chat rooms 
rather than doing that live and in person, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's an app of the moment, uh, but I'm not so sure whether it will have the longevity beyond um, COVID-19, but we will, we will see. Um, but, you know, bearing all that in mind and all the other things I've said, I've got no great desire to rush off to Clubhouse, rather is interact with people who are probably the same people I would end up interacting in Clubhouse, to be honest. You know, when I, when I look at the sort of legal circles who are on Twitter, a lot of them have just decamped over to uh, Clubhouse. Right. And they're just, you know, it, it's not there's not new people that they're meeting over there, as far as I can see. It's the same people just moving from one platform to another. Um, and it's kind of like a bubble within a bubble. Uh, so, you know, you're keeping yourself within a bubble. Okay, you know, there will be opportunities to meet other people and new people. But, you know, I think that might be a bit limited. Um, and, you know, I, I saw somebody comment that, you know, uh, really Clubhouse, you could, it's like listening into other people's chat. And you can do that on the bus or on the train, you know. And do you really want to spend your day doing that over a, a, a an app? Mm. Um, so you know that may be a bit facetious, but um, you know there is an element of that. If you're lurking around the corridors of Clubhouse and just going into any old room as you pass, rather as going to an organised event that you. Um, you know the people who are there and what they're going to be speaking about. You could spend your days just going into rooms and listening to anything and everything. But what's the purpose of that? You know, it's, it's kind of an aimless wandering, um, just to hear what other people might say in the hope that there might be something interesting. And I think that's a kind of sad way to spend your days. Uh, I think you could be a lot more productive in your business by spending it in a, in a more focused way. It's certainly not intentional from a business development point of view. I mean, it might be intellectually curious, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Brian Inkster, this has been great. Thank you so much for uh, coming on. I would love it if you would uh, provide uh, contact information for those that would like to be in touch. Tell them how they can do that. Okay, well, thank you very much for having me. I've enjoyed uh, chatting about it. Thank and uh, if anybody's interested in contacting me, um, my law firm's website is inksters.com. I have a personal uh, website, which is brianinkster.com. And the blog uh, that was spoken about earlier is the time blog, B-L-A-W-G.com. Uh, blog being in the early days of blogging, uh, it was uh, uh, differentiated specifically law blogs because the word law is in there. It's not been used uh, as much in recent years, but that's what, why the word blog, B-L-A-W-G, was there uh, because it was specifically for law blogs. So through any of those three uh, websites, you would find my contact details. Uh, my email address will be there. My phone number will be there. Uh, and you can reach out and contact me on Twitter. It's just my name, at Brian Inkster. And you'll find me uh, through LinkedIn in the same way. Brian Inkster uh, with Inkster Solicitors. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, folks, we, we will have the link to the specific, uh, to, to Brian's blog, but also to the specific, uh, 
post in the show notes. So check that out uh, as you will. And this has been Business Leaders Radio. I'm host John Ray. Thanks again for being with us. Join us next time.